This is Soliloquy, the ramblings of a madwoman with a soothing voice. I have an Instagram page. I'm not going to give you the name. This and that are completely different entities. No, today, kids, we are going to talk about self-validation. It may be because I'm skimping on my meds this week or coming down from that trip from Disney, but I absolutely love having my dick sucked by strangers. My metaphorical dick. I don't actually have one. Or maybe I do. But it's made of silicone. Or attached to my husband. We might touch back on that later. Back to people telling me how cute I am. It's all I wanted except for the unsolicited dick pics and men trying to be my online boyfriend. Even though I keep mentioning that I'm good. I'm happily married. And I like to see how long they can pretend that they're not messaging me with their dicks. I like to entertain myself with them. Keeping them around to bolster myself. I'm pretty. I'm cute. I'm worth something. I'm far from a 10, but occasionally I turn heads from strangers. Children tell me I'm pretty and women tell me I'm precious. Why isn't that enough? Why am I so desperate to be noticed and acknowledged by my peers? It doesn't make the self-loathing dissipate. I'm still not good enough. I can be better. I can do better. I'm weak. I'm a failure. I need to be better. I have to be or I'll be left behind. I have to be unforgettable. I need to be smarter, prettier, thinner. Smile. Why aren't you smiling? Do better. Be better. Why aren't you trying harder? Don't you want them to love you? Don't you want me to love you? I hate it when she does this. I know D is around. She makes the mask slip. <sighs> Where was I? Oh yeah, Instagram. It's really all about shallow vanity. Is that such a bad thing? If it makes you feel good about yourself? That's right. I'm going to make you so pretty. I attempt to draw beautiful, in my biased and humble opinion, ethereal beings wrapped in unnatural material and poses. The sheer terror of any person looking like this in the real world. Too many limbs or orifices combined with too few features that should be there. Eyes, tongues, skin, stitched together as if the good doctor Victor Frankenstein majored in art and had free reign to practice on the most gorgeous of models. Knives undoubtedly adopted the look of Ophelia. Ophelia is one of the pieces I actually finished. Bright, thick vines, an ombre starting in red and ending in pastel yellow, sticking from the nape of her neck extending backwards and up, sickly green skin and hollow eyes except for the one resting in her forehead, her mouth stitched closed on the sides so that her mouth did not extend so far as to make people uncomfortable, her body long, lean and thorny, like wood or maybe like a rosebush, expanding growing, tall, and overbearing, like nature itself. She doesn't need people. 
She doesn't want people. She just sits in her place and watches and learns. She wants to know what it is to be human. She's not like her siblings, if you could call them that. Alive in a way that does not hurt others. That's the beauty of botany. But she's tainted too. She should have my face. She's horrifying in the most resplendent way. But she's still a monster. I went through my old journals. I couldn't remember why I made her. They all served a purpose. Knives was the off switch. She wasn't cold or unfeeling. Just curious. If emotions or internal conflict got in the way of what I wanted to do, she took care of it. These weren't people or life choices we were dealing with. They were merely objects I could dechonomize. It doesn't matter whether or not I could put them back together. What mattered was now. I knew how or even if they ticked. Whatever or whoever I eviscerated, she eviscerated. It was nothing personal. It was just our way to figure out how the world around us worked. She put me in danger and she kept me afloat. I can feel her standing behind me. Her long fingers curved at the ends like ferns. If D is cool tile and Nick is a strong embrace, Knives is electricity. Goosebumps. She's not right. Defiled by my true nature or neglect, I cannot tell which. This one is morbid curiosity, turned inward, posing as self-reflection. A personally induced live dissection, never dying on the table because I'm never actually pulling at the root to remove the growths. A tumor. A cancer. If you can't extract it all, like weeds, it can just bloom all over again. They are all parasites. Fun fact. Mutualism is a symbolic relationship in which both species benefit. Communalism is a symbiotic relationship in which one species benefits while the other species is not affected. Parasites, on the other hand, are a symbiotic relationship in which one species, the parasite, benefits while the other species, the host, is harmed. They are all and none of these. I can't wait to introduce you to them all. We as a species have an obsession with perversion. When you hear the word perverse, do you think of some degenerate in a trench coat showing their naughty bits to whatever sad fuckstrumpet is unlucky enough to catch a glimpse of their plucked chicken-esque body? It's the go-to, but come on, it's me. We're not talking about some basic bitch kinkstering. Think dirtier. Between us girls, I keep a box of exacto knives in the house now. I don't recall buying them. Whatever lie I told my spouse to get them evidently is working. I couldn't have purchased them myself. I've thought of it, but never pulled the trigger. I have a history. Evidence that points in whatever direction shows I haven't learned a damn thing. And it's starting to repeat itself. Hidden in this box, in my house, there is a suicide note I do not recall writing. I know exactly where it is at all times. 
I've memorized the note. It's not mine. It's a very good forgery, and it was definitely written by my hand, but I didn't write it. And then there were two. Looky there, she's brought a friend. There were others before D, but none after. Her current accomplice was the first. Her anger, hatred, and rage. My security blanket. When no one could or would protect me. When no one protected me from the man, almost a decade my senior who started grooming me to be his at the ripe old age of 11. When no one put a stop to the beatings my stepfather gave my siblings and I, because he felt inadequate, and nothing makes you feel better about yourself than kicking the crap out of children. My mother refusing to feed me because I didn't learn my scriptures. My father and his wife telling me how disgusting I was and how I could be pretty like my sister if I could just stop being a fat fuck. All these adults were supposed to love me, protect me, and they failed time and time again. I was weak. If you're strong, you live. If you're weak, you die. I didn't want to die. So I ran and I dove headfirst into that cruelty. There is a malignant safety in rage. You don't realize how much agony you're in if you busy yourself getting off and ripping others to shreds, especially those you feel have wronged you. That violent temper. I thought age and fake maturity had quelled it. That barbaric savage was never appeased though. I still remember the last time I slipped with that one. I hurt someone. Badly. I'd injured people before, but not like that. It ended in a trip to the hospital. Nothing too terribly serious. No cops. No charges. They only needed a few stitches. I remember the blood. God, there was so much blood. It's been over 15 years and I can still hear them screaming for me to let go and I was laughing. She was laughing. We enjoyed it. I wonder if my imagination has distorted her appearance. Or maybe it's a side effect of dealing with Dee and her venom. She used to have my face. She almost still does. They all did with the exception of Dee. But now there are three extra set of eyes I can see glistening in the dark. There's two she should have. A good bit bigger than a person should be. Two more sitting atop of them. Black and reflective almost as eyebrows in shape perfectly manicured and arched in the place of hair. The third, side by side in her forehead, those two are the ones I find most unsettling, as if molded into one. I don't have to look up to know the rest of her features. They are my own. Wait, there's more movement. I think she's got extra limbs. Thin, spindly, spider. It's the first image that comes to mind. An adorable, abhorrent, abominable, anthropomorphic arachnid. I need to look up at her. I need to see the damage one of us has done to her. To Nick? <laughs> like I have the nerve to look up at her. <laughs> Fuck ass now. I'll fight most any opponent. I don't mind getting my ass kicked, but I refuse. I can't face them. I'm a pansy. I fucking know it. Terrified of these boogeymen and their unreasonable, harsh portrayal of my character. I see them pass the screen. We know my MO. Don't look up. Don't look directly at them. 
and act like you don't see them. Still, I see T, coiled around Nick, just like the vile, wriggling appendage protruding from her ass. I know, D. She uses that tail to tempt me to divert my gaze as some forceful form of acknowledgement. Those navy scales. I can see her eyes in the dark. I fucking hate seeing her eyes. Heterochromia is gorgeous on real people. Repulsive on her. I hate you. You know that, right? I hate you both. It didn't have to be like this. My memories aren't so clear, but I can hear her. She's so angry. If I could just remember who ate who. I just recall the box. They all wanted out, but I was better. I didn't need them. I outgrew them. I buried them so deep. There is a price to pay for their confinement. The peace earned for myself in those short years, it wasn't worth it. My mental state is soft from the lack of self-legation. Confinement is the wrong word. Their execution, done by isolation comparable to starving a roaring fire, the embers smoldering and waiting for more unintentional nourishment. If they were to stay dead, they would just be powerless apparitions haunting me. Ghosts are thought to be spirits of people caught between the world of the living and the dead. Intelligent beings. No, it is a poltergeist. The difference between the two in my situation is that ghost hauntings are elements of the past. Poltergeists are alive. They change, grow. A shit basket of make-believe brought about by my own ego and the inability to cope with my various issues. Morbid personifications regularly fist-fucking me for my ability to compartmentalize. I'm sure the blood makes great lube. In layman's terms, I fucked myself. Fun fact, they're here for you too. Even if you can't see them, even if they can't touch you, they're here for you just as much as they are for me. For this, my vulnerability before you. My words mumbling in your ears till I shove my tongue deep enough in the ear canal to scramble your brains, all with your blessing. Abusing myself, calling it entertainment, because I have a distinct voice feeding those embers through self-reflection that won't go anywhere other than the madhouse. That is my perversion. And you, my dear, are complicit. Are you even fascinated? I'll purge it all to you, my void, cultivating it so you can lap it up eagerly in hopes that those Harvey bitches can bludgeon you with their stringent affections instead. Currently, you are a sacrifice I'm willing to make. It's all about preservation. It's all about perversion. No hard feelings, right? You didn't take your meds on purpose. You can lie to everyone, even yourself. But you can't fool me. You're so frail, so weak. You want me, you need me, or else you'll wither and die like the little flower you are. Flowers are seasonal, weeds are stronger. Just let me in, just let me in and I will nurture you. Don't fight it, you need me as I need you. Don't fight.